Welcome to Two Chicks, Three Seats, the podcast that takes a look at the hospitality industry's hottest topics. Two Chicks, Three Seats is hosted by Kate Kennedy and Rachel Calkins and is brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader in event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to your favorite hospitality and events industry podcast, Two Chicks, Three Seats. As many people know, over the past week or so, there's been quite a spike in COVID-19 cases across the country, forcing many cities to halt on their reopening plans, enforce business curfews, and even eliminate indoor dining for the time being. This is obviously not an ideal situation for the restaurants who have been fighting every day over the past eight months to stay afloat and fearing for this exact situation of a second wave. So needless to say, it's not really ideal. But today we're going to discuss some fresh ideas that we have been reading about online and in the news about preparing for the second wave, along with some other ideas that we've been hearing and seeing from our own customers through sharing with us. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just important to point out that Right now, no idea is a bad idea (laughs) because anything that can help you make money and to bring in that extra revenue stream is really important right now, especially since we're entering the holiday season where, you know, restaurants and the hospitality industry as a whole are used to making a lot more money during this time. So not to put a downer on the holiday season, but this does, it sucks. Like it really sucks. So, you know, any idea that you have, even like ones that you may think at first are crazy and outlandish and that's never going to work, give it a try. It's worth it for sure. I mean, a lot of restaurants have even transitioned to um, consumer goods storefronts. Um, Everyone's doing takeout right now. Even as we talked about on one of our past episodes, even Michelin star restaurants and, you know, catering's huge, virtual events. You got to just keep going and promote, promote, promote. Super important right now. So some of the ideas that we will mention today, we haven't mentioned yet, and there, there are even new ideas to us, especially as we enter into the winter months. So we decided, we were trying to decide what we were going to do for this episode, and we were like, you know what, we've been seeing a lot of cool things by reading articles and listening to our customers. Let's just throw those out there to our listeners, and maybe that way they can pick up some of those ideas and make some extra revenue themselves. So the first idea, which I feel like was the idea that spawned this episode, because <laughs> we really liked this idea, um, pod dinners. And it's kind of, every time I say that, pod dinners, it reminds me of like pod people, <laughs> like, <laughs> like attack of the pod people. I can't like, I can't get that out of my head. Okay, I digress. Um, <laughs> we saw this first, actually, we saw it, I think on an Instagram post from um, the Double Windsor restaurant in Brooklyn, New York. Basically, the concept is a 10-person private party, and the restaurant is all yours exclusively for three hours. It's $100 per person and includes a three-course dinner with a few drinks as well. And they're only offering this concept on Monday evenings from 6 to 9 p.m. So basically, the idea is you bring your quarantine pod with you. And then the restaurant does the rest. And I think this is such a cool idea. I think it's, you know, I think especially now since 
we went through this for this first quarantine back in the spring and early summer and people had, you know, they were really quarantined on their own, but then they started to open up their little pod to more people, especially people who live in the city and maybe live alone or just with one roommate. So now their pod is like, you know, 10 people and they want to go out with their 10 friends, but a lot of restaurants won't let you do that. So this is a way to do that safely where you literally are just renting out the restaurant for three hours and a hundred dollars a person in New York. That's like, that's cheap money. (laughs) That is like, I mean, that's nothing. I feel like I go out in New Hampshire and spend a hundred dollars on dinner. I would totally do this. I think it's a great idea. Um, it's, it's an awesome way to promote group dining and you get to get the experience of the restaurant fully closed for like a VIP service. And if you just off, offer it like one or two days a week, then the rest of the days can be open for whatever regular dining you are offering. I think it's a great idea. I think it's fun. I think a lot more places should do this. I would definitely buy into this for sure. I don't know if I have 10 people in my pod, but um, I'll find 10 people. Rachel, do you want to be in my pod? I'll join your pod. We can <laughs> we can combine pods. <laughs> <laughs> That'd probably be too much, but... <laughs> Bring I'll bring the party to the pod. Yeah, you will. You will that. <laughs> I, but yeah, I agree. That's a great idea. And it's just another way that restaurants are trying to get creative to drive business and finding new ways to do so. So love to see that. Um, so the next idea that we're going to talk about is basically like, obviously, this pandemic has been going on for like eight months now. And with that, the seasons <laughs> forever. Uh, and with that, the seasons have really been changing. So we started in March and, you know, restaurants had a lot of outdoor dining in the warm months as we got into the summertime. And now the second wave happens to be during the colder months of the end of November and into December. So that's, you know, holiday season and also cold weather in a lot of places in the country and in the world. Uh, so we've talked about a lot how restaurants are preparing for the colder dining. And specifically, right now, I want us to talk about winterizing your food menu for the outdoor dining. So we've seen many restaurants adopt the igloo, yurt, greenhouse structure for outdoor dining in a lot of colder cities like Denver, Boston, New York, Chicago, so that they can have outdoor dining as long as possible. Um, But that's only the beginning by getting those structures because yes, these structures are going to keep people warm, but we all know that sometimes people can get lazy in the colder months and they'd rather stay at their house and in the comfort of their own home, which, you know, can be a good thing for your takeout offerings, but you still want to be able to reel customers in during the colder months. So you're going to have to do that with the experience that you can provide. And in this case, you can use the igloo as you like how you create that experience and make it creative that way. So something that we read about was Frasca Hospitality Group in Denver, who, you know, Denver, obviously they get lots of snow and they had already seen snow starting in September, which I was reading was like some somewhat of a record time for them to even see snow, which of course. We got like a foot of snow and then the next day it was like 80 degrees. (laughs) Right, right. This 2020 is unpredictable to say the least. (laughs) But they obviously Denver gets really cold. So they knew that they'd have to be tasked with bringing in diners during these colder months. So they have gone the yurt route and they have yurts that blend in nicely with their Colorado Alpine aesthetic, which is great. 
but they developed a two course serving st service style where they'll drop all the food at once so that the servers don't keep opening the doors of the yurt to bring in cold air. And so obviously service has changed a lot during COVID. So this just makes sense so that they can keep the experience as enjoyable and warm as possible. So that's one change that they were making with their service. And then when it comes to winterizing their menu, they've been doing a couple different things in order to make the igloo dining experience like as most as most enjoyable and enticing as they can. So they've had to change up a couple things. For example, their cacio e pepe, which I hope I pronounced correctly. Favorite dishes, yeah. <laughs> uh, cannot be served on a cold patio because it immediately solidifies. Mm -hmm. So now the servers are bringing out a hot broth in a thermos and then they'll pour it over the pasta table side, which can give a little cozy feeling and experience Ooh. on its own, which is kind of cool. They're also using some heavier serving dishes like stoneware that are better at retaining heat. So just kind of making any transitions to the outdoor temperatures and also a richer, heartier uh, dishes to accompany this colder weather. So these are just things that you're going to have to be thinking about when you're moving into outdoor dining in the winter, which obviously is cold. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And I think that's like, I feel like restaurants should do this anyway. Like I feel like when I go out to eat, go out to dinner um, at a restaurant in the winter, I want something like heavier and you know like comforting I just feel like when you know I can make a salad with grilled chicken on it at home and I don't want like I don't want that when I go out to eat at a restaurant in the winter I want something like really warm and inviting and I don't know I don't know I just feel like that makes sense right <laughs> right I mean that's why people love soups and like everything like that mm -hmm. in the winter that's so good anything with broth Delicious. Right. Just comfort, comforting. So, like, so hungry yeah. right now. I just realized I haven't eaten breakfast. Breakfast. Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> I have plenty of coffee though. Can you tell? Because I'm <laughs> all hyped up. <laughs> Had three coffees, no food. Anyways. All right. So um Frasta is um, you know, they're known for their food and they're also known for their wine list. So they haven't traditionally offered cocktails beyond that, but now because of COVID and because of the coldness and they want to offer something warmer, they're now offering mulled wine and hot buttered rum. And I think that those are great ideas for restaurants to offer in the winter, um, especially if you're dealing with outdoor dining only. But there are a lot of other things that you can do with cocktails besides just mulled wine and hot buttered rum. And not that those aren't delicious, because they are. But you know that my favorite thing is cocktails. So let's talk about some fun drinks that you can do at your restaurant that are easy to create. Um, and also, you can create, like, so my idea is that, like, I used to do this at a bar I worked at in the winter. And we would offer, we only offered wine, and we could do cordials in addition to wine with our liquor license. So what we would do in the winter is make, the chef would make a huge pot of um, of hot cider, apple cider, and a huge pot of homemade hot chocolate. And then on the menu, you could choose like what you wanted to mix with those. So when it comes to cordials, obviously 
You can do like peppermint schnapps, butterscotch schnapps, drambuie. There was like that Godiva chocolate liqueur that a lot of people like, peanut butter uh, cordials. So you could add like those, you could just choose what you wanted to add. And like, it would just like, it was just came right out of the kitchen, hot and warm. And then I would add the liqueur to it. So good and easy as well. And inexpensive, to be honest. And then if you can offer liquor at your or spirits at your restaurant and not just cordials, you could do whiskey, obviously bourbon, which is like my favorite, and rum. Um, there's so many different things that you can add to just those two drinks, hot chocolate and hot cider. And you can also offer them without any liquor in it if you want to. I mean, who wants to drink that? But if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a pandemic. You're in, we're in a pandemic. You can drink, drink. You can drink the alcohol. Right? Um, and also some other ideas that I really love that I made before. Um, a hot potty, but you sub mezcal. So it's kind of like a warm and spicy drink, which is really delicious. I've also done a warm spiced Amaro, um, Montenegro. So basically you just heat it over you heat the liqueur over um on, in a pot with anise cinnamon and orange zest and you just serve that as is in a cordial glass it's delicious it's like it's like you know um an aperitif but um or it could be a digestive i actually don't know if amaro is an aperitif or a digestive hmm interesting because i've seen it people drink it both ways i've worked in a lot of italian restaurants and italians love their amaro so <laughs> <laughs> I also love Amaro. Um, another random, like I accidentally discovered this in my own house. I had hot apple cider and I didn't have any bourbon, which is what I normally mix it with. And I had Campari and I was like, I wonder if that's going to taste good. It's delicious and it's random, but it's so good. So Campari and hot apple cider. And the good thing about Campari is it's low in ABV, so you're not going to get really drunk from drinking it. <laughs> um, another cool thing that I've done is you can pair coffee stout, like a coffee um, stout beer with hot chocolate and top it with vanilla ice cream. It's pretty, Ooh. right? So good. And also, you know, you're mixing beer, again, low ABV. Um, if you're into, if you're really into wine, but you don't want to do a mulled wine, this is going to sound a little strange, but it's delicious. If you get, um, a really dry red wine and you mix it with homemade hot chocolate, it's so good. And I know that's oh. the only thing about it is that it does curdle a little bit. Like if you let it sit for too long, which happens with a lot of hot drinks anyway, but so it may look a little weird, like almost like when you add cream to coffee, that's been sitting there too long. So it might look funny, but it tastes delicious. And the longer you let it, like, you know, if you stir it longer, then the less that will happen. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm thinking off the cuff right now some other ones. But those are my main go-tos. And I do think, like I said, I feel like if you just make, if you have your chef make a huge pot of hot cider, a huge pot of um, hot chocolate, and then offer your guests, they can mix it with whatever they want, is a great way, an easy way, and an inexpensive way to offer something fun and warm for your guests. I also know that um, our customer, Bostonia Public House in Boston, they they let their customers leave with um, hot apple cider like as they leave like the restaurant they hand them like a free cup of hot apple cider which I thought was a really cute idea um, so they can walk around you know they're in a really ideal spot for walking around Boston so they when they leave they can walk around Boston with their hot apple cider and because of the change in liquor laws right now in Boston you can also purchase liquor to go into your hot apple cider so you can walk around with that 
I just thought that was a really cute idea. So like a hot spiked apple cider to go. Um, yeah. So those are my ideas for some hot cocktails. Wow, Kate, you sound you sound like you should have your own Facebook live show called Cocktails with Kate, where you talk about all the recipes and well, that you know. I just realized as I was saying these is that I think I'm going to make the warm spiced amaro for my cocktail on Cocktails with Kate because that's a great Thanksgiving cocktail for sure. And I think that's the theme of our next Cocktails with Kate and James is like Thanksgiving easy Thanksgiving cocktails. And I think that I love that. I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do it. I don't think I have it tomorrow, but I'll have to buy some. <laughs> well, you've heard it here first, podcast listeners. Yes. Tune into Cocktails with Kate next week to see Spice Montenegro. <laughs> so good. All right. Yeah, I think I'm gonna join your pod before then. <laughs> you really should. You should come drive here, and you can have um, a nice, warm, spiced amaro in front of my fireplace that I've already decorated for Christmas because YOLO. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, speaking of decorations, <laughs> that was great, tra- great transition yeah. on a podcast pro now. <laughs> uh, so the next thing we wanted to talk about was playing up the ambiance for the winter at your restaurant or venue or wherever you work. Anywhere. Uh, <laughs> anywhere. And a lot of that has to do with the vibes and the decor and service, lighting, everything that you can do to make the restaurant feel more winterized. A lot of the times, like the igloo itself honestly helps with this because it just becomes this cozy space that people can enjoy their dining experience from. Mm-hmm. And maybe it naturally blends in to where your restaurant is, like in Denver, like we mentioned before. It's obviously ideal there because that is like such a, a cozy ski area, like in the mountains. Um, but if not, if you're not in a place that's like that, if you're in like a downtown in a major city, like in New York, obviously maybe it's not as much, but I mean, I guess New York in the winter is still great. There's snow. So just thinking about things that people love in the winter, like feeling safe and cozy from the cold, listening to holiday tunes with a drink in hand while enjoying holiday decor. And on like the snow, the cities that have seen snow early, the snow is a great opportunity for diners to kind of just feel cozied up like they would be in a ski lodge and just maybe playing on that experience. You could even bring in some activities that go along with this ambience, like DIY s'more making over a small flame like at your table or making some chocolate covered desserts yourself like within while you're sitting at the igloo or the yurt. Uh, Just like maybe bringing in these activities that everyone loves to do during the winter months and having that be part of the dining experience. So everyone, you know, people love to do these things at home, but just having these kind of experiences that would draw people into coming to your restaurant is a great idea. And we obviously we understand that the pandemic has forced a lot of restaurants to kind of make these outdoor spaces quickly and from scratch with no planning ahead of time, but paying attention to these small details about making it more prepared for the winter and transitioning to a new vibe opposed to what you may have had over the summer months, it's going to be an advantage to continued business during this winter season and hopefully during the second wave of the pandemic. So 
everyone loves a cozy winter experience. So, you know, think about that. Yeah. And I really, I want to go to an igloo soon, even if we're in the second wave because it's so cozy and safe in there. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm going to build an igloo in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Lock myself away from my children. Um, <laughs> Maybe you should you should have their, your own igloos. They get one and you get one. Actually, that's what I do. We're gonna do an outdoor like skating um, area this year because we figure it's you know probably not gonna be able to go to rink. <laughs> so um, I feel like I'll just build a couple igloos outside. <laughs> Mine will be the adult igloo and then the kids igloo. <laughs> great idea Kate all right um so let's talk events right we've talked about um what to serve and we've talked about the ambiance so let's talk about getting creative um with some new event offerings um so obviously when we think of the second wave coming in um it's you know, it's a great time to try to come up with some new event offerings and, or maybe revamp ones you've already been doing. I'm sure guests loved the virtual event experiences that you had in the spring. Um, and now you got to bring them back for the winter, which I mean, sucks, but also, um, at least you already have some experience with them. (laughs) The only good thing I can come up with for that. But the Boca Group in Chicago, which is a customer of ours, has done this and mixed things up for the holiday season. And they have launched new virtual classes that include a cookie decorating class with chef-approved cutters and step-by-step instructions, a wreath-making session with a floral partner, and mulled cocktails, and a present-wrapping dance party with a charcuterie and a DJ. Okay, that sounds amazing. (laughs) I want to do that. A present wrapping dance party? Are you serious? This is like the best idea ever. Well done, Boca Group. <laughs> I'm giving you a standing ovation for that one. Everyone listen up. Present wrapping dance party. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. We should do that for our holiday party at Triple T. Just saying. Um, I love it. Right? This is that's such a good idea. I, I, I like... I've read it before, but now I'm just like really thinking about how awesome that idea is. The Left Bank Brasserie, which is a customer of ours in California, operates two private dining rooms, which obviously struggled over the pandemic. Um, So they pivoted to create Vine Party Design, which is an at-home party provider. And customers can choose a virtual package with a shopping list and video conference chef guidance or delivery packages to one or several locations so that groups can celebrate from their various homes. They are heavily promoting this for the holiday season and showing that the party side to the offering, perfect for being safe while at home. Um, I think that's an amazing idea as well. And there are tons of other ideas out there. We just chose a few. If you Google like (laughs) virtual events at restaurants, there's a million ideas. And don't forget as well, if you are a Triple C customer, that you can use our new direct book feature to um to book have your customers book all of these events on their own. So while you're busy creating these virtual events and in preparing for them and doing all the things that go with that, because honestly, I think sometimes virtual events take more work than events in your restaurant. Maybe it's just because we're not as used to them as we are with the other events. But I do think there's a lot of steps involved, a lot of like, you know, testing. So you may not have as much time this holiday season. So leave the booking up to your customers with DirectBook. And if you want more information on DirectBook, you can go to triplesecom slash DirectBook. 
Great plug. That was our secret project. That was secret for a while. Secret for a while and is no longer secret. Direct book. <laughs> Get direct booking today with direct book. Did you like that one? <laughs> yeah, that was great. Now I've had enough. Okay. <laughs> but I do love those event ideas. And like you said, it's just another thinking of it on an optimistic note is that the second wave is luckily in a new season. So you can shift up your offerings and make them more relevant to what's happening right now with the winter and going into January even. And yep. just getting freshening up those ideas. So. That's true. They all seem different now. Like all the ideas that you use in the spring are now fresh ideas because now you're putting like a holiday spin on them. It's a great point. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> and then just on a final note, we've gotten some other insight from our customers about what they're going to be doing to prepare for the second wave. And a lot of the things are things that we talked about above, like especially when it comes to adopt, adapting for outdoor dining and pushing new takeout packages. But they've also told us that they're going to be preparing for the second wave by continuing to keep up with their cleaning practices and encouraging staff to abide by their safety practices and like even after work if they can, because, you know, all the mingling isn't helping stop the, the spread. So just trying to be cognizant about what their um, distancing is looking like even outside of work. Um, they're going to be making sure that they have enough supplies on hand, whether it be PPE cleaning supplies or the decor slash furniture that they'll need for separating tables and creating their outdoor spaces. I know that there was a, um, a shortage of like table umbrellas in the summer because everyone was doing outdoor dining, even if they hadn't before. So just making sure that they have enough stuff to get through the winter and get what they need. Uh, and then just making sure to like up their marketing and their contact free options and encouraging offsite catering. And even just looking back at the lessons that they may have learned from the first wave and just kind of getting together with their team and thinking about what they did well, what they need to improve, what was guests in employee feedback, um, and just using the first wave as learning for the second wave. And now we're hopefully more prepared than we were at the start um, and know a little bit more about the virus than we did at the very beginning. So as we move into the second wave, all restaurants and businesses and everyone is, are just preparing for what's to come um, moving forward. Yeah. And we're hoping it's, you know, there's no third wave. <laughs> <laughs> oh god help us all <laughs> i'm not even we're not even gonna put that idea out there no. i mean so. I'm, just, I'm i'm honestly just hoping that by the time that there you know there is a third wave that half of us at least are you know have the shot like have been um have gotten the shot so that we're immune or at least immune for a little while so yeah. it's bad um but you know i mean i feel like at this point I, I have no answers to any, anything and no one does because it's just like, I feel like it's been one, like, what the hell moment after another. <laughs> so pretty much. Yeah, it really has. And um, yeah, I'm just happy. I'm just happy that, I don't know, that we've maybe, I think that this, with this second wave, I think I'm just happy that we've all learned from the first. So now maybe we can attack this one with more grace and um, more smarts. <laughs> we got this. 
I like it. And if anyone has any other ideas and ways that they are preparing for the second wave at their restaurant or venue, then please reach out to us. Maybe we can have you on as a guest to tell our listeners what you've been up to, like more specifically and in depth, um, because we're always looking to share more with the community. Absolutely. So, yeah. Stay strong, everybody. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Two Chicks, Three Seats, your events industry podcast brought to you by Triple Seat, the industry leader for event management software. Find out more about Triple Seat at TripleSeat.com.